I'm Kelsey Ryder. I'm Natalia Raymond. And this is Angelinos in Training, a podcast for people curious about Los Angeles by people who live in Los Angeles. So whether you're moving here, new to the area, or just want to better understand LA, we're here to help you navigate the city of angels. Welcome back to Angelinos in Training. This episode is going to be about food. Ah, food. Who doesn't love some good food? Yep, I I certainly love food. It helps me uh, get through this pandemic. Sometimes sometimes when I'm uh, feeling a little bit sad, it's nice to have a little bit of comfort food. Absolutely. A little bit better. Have you been indulging in a lot of comfort food this pandemic? I, I wouldn't really say that I've been indulging in a lot of comfort food, but I I will admit I have ordered um, Nashville-style uh, hot chicken from Postmates <laughs> at least three or four times. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds yummy. Yes. I, for sure, at the beginning, I was just like, all the popcorn, all the peanut M&Ms, all the mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper fuck the world. <laughs> that just, that like, sounds like a, a nice night out at AMC theaters seeing a I mean, a nice that's movie. kind of that's kind of like the movie comfort food. Like if mm-hmm. I can't be at the movies, I'll bring the movies to me. And then I finally realized, wow, this is not sustainable or healthy or good for me at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, LA food. LA food. So we're going to go over some of our favorite restaurants, some of the food and beverage trends that we've noticed. In LA, yes. the uh, the two camps that a lot of people seem to fall into, which is either you get the really delicious Instagrammable food, or you're you're all about the really healthy food. So I I feel like both yeah. of us have had a degree of both camps, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think we at least have a good balance. Like we're not opposed to trying mm-hmm. something that's ridiculous. Potentially more more me than you for the gram, um, but for the gram, I'm not a gram. good grammar. Like You're you not. said, I'm I'm a grandma, not a <laughs> not an Instagrammer. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I we were talking before we started recording, and I I was just like, I'm the mom friend because I want to make sure my friends are taken care of and that they have mm-hmm. everything they need, and I I give unsolicited advice a little too much. But then Natalia's like, I don't know what modern music is, and I'm like, well, I'm the mom friend, and you the grandma friend <laughs> yeah i'm just just not with it i'm like what's a tiktok is that the sound a clock makes <laughs> oh yeah that's what those kids are doing on their phones <laughs> that's what those youths do while they take pictures of their avocado toast <laughs> oh goodness well we do yeah. i mean aren't you so glad that you're trusting us with your education of los angeles with the the yeah. moms and the grandmas <laughs> of the <laughs> Yeah, if you if you want a cool kids perspective of Los Angeles, I suggest uh, watching the YouTube videos of Shelby Church because I am definitely not as right. cool as she is. She's great, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely admire her. We'll be referencing her again when we talk about housing later on because she mm-hmm, has some really sure. good points. Yeah, I totally recommend her. Speaking of trends <laughs> and avocado toast. If you don't know what it is at this point, I mean, basically, it's the reason why millennials cannot ever buy a house or yeah. succeed in life. You know, yeah. we're, we're forever chained to our avocado toast commitment. Yeah, you see, um, avocado toast, it's a toasted piece of bread that has smashed avocado on it. 
and often we'll have uh, some seasonings of some type. You can go light with the salt or you can go for some some garlic or dress it up with maybe a radish or some bean sprouts. But, you know, the youths <laughs> of today uh, would rather have have this toasted green bread than, than a home. <laughs> but, you know, to each their own. <laughs> I like how low and sultry you got there. You're like, you know. Avocados, <laughs> you just smash it on a piece of bread. Is it- <laughs> Avocado toast is pretty good. It's pretty good, but I, I don't yeah. think anyone actually would rather have avocado toast than a, than a house. But then you know, shelter, <laughs> than shelter. Yeah, uh, but that's that's more of what a certain older generation seems to think of the younger folks. Oy. Yeah, I remember um, the first time I ever I ever heard of this being a thing. Like, I mean, because who who hasn't tried doing this just in their own time? Like, I mean, I think it's definitely distinctly a California in- invention. But I do mm-hmm. remember um, when a little uh, coffee shop around the corner from my work in Portland brought us by a menu and mm-hmm. it had on the list, like, we're offering some more food. Like, we're not just going to have only, like, baked goods from around the area. We're going to actually do some in-house breakfast. And we were like, great. So they left in-house. a menu. In-house, yes. And my coworkers <laughs> and I looked over it. And then I saw avocado toast. And I was like, what is it? I was reading the ingredients. It was, like, smashed avocado, mm-hmm. like, salt, like, sea salt flakes or whatever. And it was $8. And we were like, what? Oh, $8 is cheap for avocado no, I know. toast for LA? But it was... For LA, that's yeah. This was in like um, I don't know, two like 2012, maybe 2014, and it was okay. just sticker shock for us because it was yeah. we had never heard of avocado toast being anything, much less like because in Portland you could have bought a loaf of bread and like three avocados and made avocado toast for like everybody an, at work. An avocado toast party. <laughs> you really could, and so it just was. It was insane. And I loved that little coffee shop, but we were mm-hmm. like, um, no, we will not be spending our hard earned minimum wage <laughs> <laughs> on Smashed. But yeah, it's become such a such a movement, I feel like, you know? Yeah, totally. And I feel like a huge reason why it's so popular in LA and in California is because avocados are just so prevalent here. So many mm-hmm. of them grow here. You find them in so many more of the stores. According to some yeah. people, they're cheaper here. They are a little and, bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I still feel yeah. like they're expensive. <laughs> but no, they they're more expensive than I thought they would be for ha- being like the region that for being you know, real California avocados. Real California avocados. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. it. I remember coming from Washington and seeing the price of apples at the grocery store and being like, oh, scandal, mm-hmm. it's so much. And then seeing the price of avocados and being like, that's not cheap enough for having come down the mm-hmm. road. But we do still get a lot of our avocados from Mexico. So it's yeah, we borders. Do. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things going on. I've been noticing the stickers lately during uh, quarantine where my avocados have been coming from. And I did finally get some California avocados from mm-hmm. my Instacart order. So... Yeah, it's and I mean, and I who doesn't enjoy an avocado toast? I do. I highly recommend sprinkling um, everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's on it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. good. When I was doing one of my elimination diets, um, I couldn't have like dairy and I couldn't have a ton of different spices. And so Mm -hmm. that was one of the only seasonings left that I could use. And it just like opened up my world to all sorts of flavors. But yeah, it's super good with that. 
Yeah, Trader Joe's has some really amazing uh, seasoning mixes. One of my favorites, actually, mm-hmm. on avocado. And I just had some this morning. Oh, am I yeah. basic? Um, I, I had their uh, their chili lime seasoning Ooh. on avocado. It's very similar to tahine, but it has – Oh, um, yeah, okay. But it has definitely the lime flavor. And it is so good on avocado. I highly recommend using that if you're going to make Ooh. avocado toast at home. Ooh. I, that's too too spicy for my my pale northern European heritage tongue, but um, yeah, no, that's I I I see how that would taste delicious. I do love uh, mm-hmm. uh, some is tahini. Is that like chili and lime salt? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a chili seasoning salt, and that's actually. Um, that's what they sprinkle on the fruits at a lot of the roadside fruit vendors that are around oh. Los Angeles. That's the red stuff that you see on a lot of the fruits. Oh, and by okay. the way, anyone who's local to L.A. or who's planning to visit L.A., mm-hmm. I highly recommend uh, getting fruits from fruit vendors. They'll have a lot of them in Hollywood, some in downtown. There's usually a lot near USC, University of Southern oh, California. yeah. But they'll they'll sell these huge, huge cups that'll have a bunch of fruits, usually like pineapple, maybe some melons, mango is in it a lot, and yeah. especially jicama. And mm. they're usually relatively cheap. They're a lot cheaper yeah. than if you bought like the same amount of fruit at Whole Foods. Absolutely. You, you get your tahine. And, and you see them everywhere. And you get it a little sweet and spicy. They have really colorful um, umbrellas. Yeah. And you'll, I mean, you'll see them just on street corners, like in different mm-hmm. neighborhoods, but even like on the way to Malibu in the canyon roads, they'll yeah. just be off at a pull off and you'll see people will always stop and get some. I have yet to partake, but I have always wanted to. Mm-hmm. They look really good. They're good. Yeah. We used to get them uh, every so often when I was a tour guide in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. the stands would be close by. Everybody seemed to, if they were going to get something from a street vendor, it was either that or uh, from the hot dog carts or from the <laughs> from the uh, taco trucks that were over there. But yeah. There, there's a pretty nice little, yeah, there's a pretty nice little street food scene over here. But yeah. have you have you gotten the street hot dogs before? No, I haven't, but I've been so tempted by them. And honestly, the first time I saw them was uh when I went to Comic-Con in San Diego uh mm-hmm. in like uh when, when was that was 2 years ago. So 2018, like as all the conventions are letting out and everybody's like walking unmasked back to their hotels and Airbnbs, mm-hmm. all of these like street grilling people like with bacon wrapped hot dogs just mm-hmm. sh- appeared uh, like out of nowhere and like yeah. people were lining up to pay like five dollars ten dollars for just like something to eat immediately after walking mm-hmm. around all day and then i noticed them more and more yeah yeah they set up a lot outside of different events or in tourist mm-hmm. areas so you'll see them like by the pier in malibu or on hollywood boulevard they always set up by the hollywood bowl when a concert's oh, getting out yeah, they or do. like by the Staples Center when a game's getting out totally. and they're actually really good like the the classic yeah. dog is like an all beef hot dog like a, a good fat dog and <laughs> they they'll wrap it in bacon they cook it on oh, the carts flat so top and then um while it's there on the flat top they'll also cook onions and peppers so yeah. you got that all getting nice and greasy, and then you put mm-hmm. it on the bun, and then they'll usually mm-hmm. have like other toppings that you can use, and it's 
it's a nice hot greasiness, but you're like, I got mm-hmm. some vegetables in there, so it's, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> the but they're really good. Vegetables. Yeah, That's I've, great. I've had them a bunch of times. And actually, yeah. the, the cheapest ones usually are the Hollywood Boulevard uh, vendors, in my experience. It could, it could be different in the future, but in yeah. my experience, those have usually been the cheapest ones. It's funny because up in the valley, there are... Um, the the target on um Vineland and I think it's almost I don't remember what the cross street is but there's a target in North Hollywood where there's a bunch of like street hot dog vendors and taco mm-hmm. uh taco trucks and different things but there was something there was a law passed I believe actually 2 years ago and that's when things popped up where it made it more mm-hmm. like it gave more uh legal ownership to be able to be a vendor on the street like there was some yeah. sort of restrictions that they were fighting the city with and then we voted for them to uh be able to actually be food vendors they they lifted those restrictions and now it seems like you kind of see them everywhere. It's been a little different lately mm. because of the pandemic. The but, pandemic, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it almost felt like overnight. It was like, all right, street hot dog party. <laughs> <laughs> I I hadn't heard about that, actually. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. I remember voting on it. I should probably mm-hmm. be more educated about it, but I thought it was really cool and really important that mm-hmm. that was able that they were able to actually make a living doing that. So, yeah. but so I've never been to Pink's, but Pink's is the big famous hot dog place in Los Angeles. Like it's been around since 1939. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so long. <laughs> yeah, they um they celebrated. Gosh, what anniversary was that? The 80th anniversary. I think it was yeah, last year. Would have had to been, yeah. Yeah, when I was when I was giving my tour around Los Angeles, we would go by and we'd see their big banner for the anniversary. Oh, but, yeah. But um, I know you haven't had Pink's yet. No, no, I haven't. What it's on the list? What I really recommend for you and for anyone else who ends up going to Pink's, do yeah. not order takeout from there, because really? the the big thing about it is being there in person. Like yeah. half the experience of Pink's is actually being in the restaurant, seeing all the old photos. Like Aww. they have all the walls are covered with photos of the different celebrities who have eaten there. That's so cool. And that just makes for for a really neat experience. And then in their back area where you actually eat, it's all this like like a kind of kind of really plain like pl- <laughs> white plastic patio furniture that you might yeah. find in like anyone's backyard. But it has like these banners, I mean, not banners, these murals that are just like painted on the wall. And it's it's not upscale at all, but it just has this really like authentic feel. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're stepping back in history. Yeah. And if you want to talk about loaded dogs, (laughs) man, their menu has really, really loaded dogs, like so many different uh, toppings of every type. And they've actually... Uh, named a whole bunch of dogs on their menu uh, for the celebrities that have ordered them. So, like, you can order oh, the Betty fun. White, the Dwayne Johnson dog, different things wow. like that. And they have sausages of a whole bunch of different types. It's it's an experience all its own Yeah, to, sure. to actually go there in person. I really enjoyed what I ate when I went there. Did you? What did you yeah. get? I got um, – I don't remember the name of the dog that I got, but it was one that had chili on it. Oh, okay. Chili dog. Yeah, it had chili and like a bunch of other random things. And it was kind (laughs) of, this is going to sound terrible. 
I could not fit the whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it takes uh, one sometimes bite on you- each side. <laughs> You got to pick up a fork and a knife to get the job done sometimes, you know, and yeah. that's, there's no shame in it, Natalia. It's okay. Yeah, it, it, if you can't fit it all in your mouth at once, you got to just <laughs> scoop up anything that fell down, <laughs> no which is what I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. But I, I do remember, like, growing up and just hearing that that's where all the celebrities went after mm-hmm. the Oscars. Like, they immediately go yeah. get a hot dog from Pink's because they've been... Mm starving themselves to fit in their gowns (laughs) and whatever so it's yeah it it seems like such a los angeles institution but i think we've never gone just because anytime we've even entertained the idea it's just so like the lines are so long yes the lines are legendary there they're so so long yeah so it's just kind of like eh I'm I mean I like I, I like a hot dog, you know. I'm an American mm-hmm. girl, but it's not <laughs> I, I'm not sitting here being like, if only I'd gone to Pink's. Yeah. When so. I went, I actually went late at night and there was no line. And there's actually oh, something kind of nice. fun about going at that kind of time. And they're open quite late, actually. Or, yeah, that makes sense. I actually didn't even know that there was like a sit down restaurant portion of it. Like I just thought it was a I stand. didn't know that either until I really? went. <laughs> Yeah, it's all in the back. You know, I mean, if you have seen a picture of a classic hot dog stand, like it just has the giant hot dog on top of it like they would do in the 30s and the 40s to make Mm -hmm. things kitschy and fun and attractive to whoever. Oh, kitschy is definitely the word to describe it. (laughs) I love kitschy stuff like that. I think Mm -hmm. it's so fun. Kind of like the Randy's Donuts. Oh, yeah. Ever watch The Simpsons? That's what's inspiring the the guy holding up the donut is Randy Donut Randy's mm-hmm. Donuts, which I've never even eaten there before, but I've definitely driven by and been like, oh, that's that donut place. Yeah, you know? I used to drive by there every day for work. Yeah, and I kind of, I thought that it was just like the most iconic big architecture. It really the huge, is huge donut. But on the on the topic of donuts and mm-hmm. things, what would you say is your uh, favorite like baked goods place in LA? So I I don't buy baked goods all that often because I usually prefer to make my own. But yeah. um, You're a I good would baker. say uh, thank you. I would say that the the classic bakery to get stuff from in offices in LA is usually Porto's. I love Porto's. Mm-hmm. It's a Cuban bakery, which I wouldn't necessarily know, like, the difference if it hadn't been explained to me or I didn't read their story, mm-hmm. you know. And they're, I haven't checked lately, but for a super long time and probably still, they're, like, the number one place on Yelp everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, every out of everything on Yelp around, I think around the world, at least in United States, is Porto's because their stuff is affordable and it's really delicious. There's so, there's like nothing to complain about with Porto's. No, their no. product is phenomenal. Their restaurants are gorgeous. Yes, they're in so many different areas around the Los Angeles area. So there's mm-hmm. one that's pretty much local to you, like no matter yeah. where you are. Their boxes are beautiful, <laughs> the, like gold <laughs> boxes that their the cakes gold come in, dark brown writing. So, mm-hmm. like, how I remember the first time uh, flying out of uh, Burbank, 
I saw people having like boxes of portos on their laps to bring back to Portland or wherever else. And in in Portland, the thing for everybody bringing back to wherever they're going, you see the pink uh, voodoo donuts boxes mm. everywhere on people's laps. So it was kind of interesting to be like, oh, this is the box people travel <laughs> with, which now there I is a voodoo that. donuts here at the Universal Studios uh, City Walk, but mm-hmm. and Voodoo's fine, like, but they're 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 kind of a novelty. I'm not. Yeah. I, I I like Voodoo, and they were one of the first uh, places that had vegan donuts. So when I was lactose, when I found out oh, I was I lactose intolerant, that. yeah, they have a whole line of vegan donuts. So you can. I, I don't know if they do it here, but in Portland, um, I would pick up like a baker's dozen uh, vegan donuts on my way oh, wow. sometimes. Yeah, so that yeah, was always that sounds fun. like a, a nice treat. Yeah, I remember back when I worked in the corporate world, about once a month, for some reason, we would end <laughs> up with a box of, of Porto's goodies in the yeah. office. So that was just like the classic treat to well, have. And they just... And they have like really good lunches. It's not just mm-hmm. baked goods. Like like number one, you could just have lunch on their baked goods as far as like they have potato balls. Oh, the potato oh balls gosh. are delicious. So good. And I th- have you had their Thanksgiving t- potato balls? I don't think I've tried that one. What's They're in my that one? favorite. So it's um like potato, gravy, turkey, and a little bit of like cranberry like jam. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm salivating like right now <laughs> thinking about it. I would get a bunch of them and then like keep them in the fridge or the freezer and then reheat them. And I just sounds be like, really mm, good because they're seasonal. But yeah, that they have like you know Cubano sandwiches that are mm-hmm. delicious and amazing. And yeah, I've had that one. Full size cakes. I've gotten Leo a um he he loves tiramisu, so I got a giant tiramisu cake from Porto's, and like I feel oh, like that sounds delicious. It could have fed a family of like twenty five. <laughs> like it was huge. Mm-hmm. But and they're and they're 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 affordable for LA. It's for anywhere. It's just so mm-hmm. cheap. And it's but cool too because they're family owned. Yeah, yeah, and they have been for a really mm-hmm. long time. It was like a, you can read the story of the woman who started the bakery, like on the box, and how mm-hmm. she loved to share yeah, her baked goods. Yeah, they have it everywhere. It's it's really cute, and they're very they're a very well oiled machine. You that's mm-hmm. another place you will definitely see lines out the door oh, down the yeah. block to um, go. It's it's kind of a chaotic. Um, experience the first time you order from there mm-hmm. like you go to the bakery line or you go to the like lunch foods line and they usher you in and then a person calls you up and you're kind of looking at the glass cases like what do i want what do i want and there's so many amazing things and mm-hmm. it's a lot like if you get overstimulated easy definitely take a friend <laughs> who can help you <laughs> mm-hmm. you can first recommend time. something yeah because it's it's a lot of action and i yeah i don't know i know right now they um they're doing uh, curbside pickup where they will bring mm-hmm. your order out to your car. And Leo and I are going to do it this weekend to celebrate our anniversary. We're going to get oh, some portos. Really fun. Have a little little anniversary treat. So, nice. yeah. I actually doesn't... see on their uh, website that right now with the pandemic, they're shipping nationwide. Oh, and they actually, they ship nationwide in general as well. But like mm. also with the pandemic, I remember yeah. seeing that when I went to order the cake, I was like, what? They ship their stuff? That's cool. Yeah. So I think so if you awesome. want to taste a Porto's, go to look, search. It's P-O-R-T-O apostrophe S and you can... Uh, you can have some a uh, little taste of Portos shipped to your uh, front door. Why yeah. not? Yeah, not why sponsored, not? but hey, we would love to be. <laughs> yeah, pay us in food, please. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a potato ball and add. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, you know, another 
L.A. classic restaurant uh, that I don't think we've actually mentioned all that much in any of our episodes is hmm. um, In-N-Out Burger. Oh, In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. It is the classic. The classic. And now they're, they've expanded up into Oregon, which mm. I know they were in, like, Arizona as well before, but it's definitely completely notorious and delicious i feel like we've mentioned them maybe once before but mm-hmm, it, it doesn't matter because it's just in the background of every every angelino's life yeah. in and out is there they need a shout out in the food episode <laughs> yes they do absolutely and their secret menu which is part of you know their notoriety notoriety is just that they they can customize pretty much anything. Like they'll even if you have a gluten allergy, they will cook your fries in a separate fryer so it doesn't mm. cross contaminate anything. Well, so. for for anyone who hasn't heard of In-N-Out Burger, it's a fast food burger chain that originated here in Southern California that's like way higher quality than most yes. fast food. Like it's oh, actually yes. very fresh. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're eating a packaged meal. Yeah. It doesn't – Your every burger doesn't look exactly the same if you catch yeah. my drift. <laughs> but um, some people complain about their French fries, but I love their French fries. I think their fries are great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like any other fries. They Some people might think they're a little bit um, – too greasy um but you can order that's you can custom order your fries what fast food restaurant can you be like can i get my fries uh well done can i get my fries medium done and then Mm -hmm. you can just have them how they make them and they yeah they they do everything uh with like different names like animal style is when they add grilled onions and like thousand island dressing and, you mean secret uh, sauce? <laughs> secret, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I think it's like Thousand Island in mustard or something like that. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's delicious. And I don't and eat onions. But yeah, and cheese. And then like double, double, a double, double is double b- beef patties and double cheese. And mm-hmm. you can get fries animal style. Like it's just, and their milkshakes mm-hmm. are pretty darn good. Like they're, they're yeah. pretty good. And one one important thing also to know about their fries is they're one of the only fast food restaurants that actually cuts the potatoes fresh for the fries. Oh, so if you nice. peek, you've not have you seen it before? The device that they use for the potatoes. I have, but I guess I just didn't connect. Like, oh, this is a unique thing that they do. It very much is because uh, I hate cool. to break it to you, if anyone really loves a lot of fast food, but <laughs> almost every fast food restaurant has frozen fries. No. And in and out's one of the only ones that actually cuts the potatoes fresh. That's what I like so much about their fries is I think they actually taste like real potatoes. Well, what do you know? Maybe they come from real potatoes when you see them cut them. That makes yep. sense. Um, I like that they're, they use local suppliers as well. Mm-hmm. And they actually pay their employees a living wage, which yeah. is so unique to the fast food industry. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah, so. that's definitely admirable. In and out will will probably never go out of style. Oh no, it will, no, it it will always be in style. It's there are always lots- in. It'll never be out. <laughs> there are lots of foods though that are popular in LA right now that that I can I can probably see going out of style. In the oh future. sure. Totally. Like wh- what would you think is in style right now that probably will go out of style? Um, I mean. I I think cauliflowers having a really big moment. Oh, but cauliflowers I, totally having a moment. 
I I think it's I think it'll be on its way out fairly soon. Like kale mm-hmm. kale has simmered down a bit. We're still eating kale. Like we're still enjoying kale. Yeah, kale but, definitely had a big moment. But you know what's so funny is that I I don't remember what I was looking at. There was a picture of like a round table pizza restaurant salad bar. And uh-huh. kale is what they would use to decorate the outside <laughs> of the salad bar. Like it wasn't even an option to put in your food because it was so tough and so hard to eat that mm-hmm. they're like, nobody's going to put this in their salad. And they were use- they were just using it to make the salad bar look oh, yeah. fresh and fun. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that that's like going to be the, the fate for cauliflower or anything. Mm-hmm. But I just think that we're not going to have the insane amount of options like there there's a (laughs) we have california pizza kitchen down here which Mm -hmm. people call cpk that's a new thing that i learned i did not know that until i moved here and people be like oh yeah do you want to go eat at cpk and i was like i i don't know them i've never eaten there like you've never eaten at cpk and i was like no and then we would get there and i'd be like oh you mean california pizza kitchen and they were like yeah cpk Mm -hmm. i was like okay that's that's what we say here and there is a cauliflower pizza kitchen that I've seen on Grubhub, mm-hmm. which I'm like, more power to you guys. This is going to be a flash in the pan, in my opinion. But, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I can see that. I mean, I know a lot of the reason for the trend is, you know, wanting to be lower carb and all that. But, totally. But, you know, it often requires cheese or something to bind it because right. you don't so like- magically get a, a head of cauliflower and, and get a pizza. Right away, yeah, something has to, to bind. Has <laughs> something has to bind the cauliflower together right. to turn it into bread. You, yeah, in order. Yeah, that's what flour is meant to do to bind things. But if you're trying to have less gluten or fewer carbs, then like, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to. You have. It's got to stick together somehow. Like you yeah. said, you need some food glue. <laughs> would Kelsey? Would you say that bread is popular to eat in LA right now? No. Cause, yeah, because I feel like I've talked to so many people who are like, oh, I don't eat bread right now. Yeah, and it's it's almost like bread. Like if somebody is eating bread, they're like, oh, I'm going to be bad. Let's let's mm-hmm. get a, like a loaf like of bread. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not necessarily that, but like at the restaurant mm-hmm. when I mean, in, in the before times when they'd bring you mm-hmm. like a basket of bread. And I, I sometimes I'd be with people being like, oh, no, we don't need any bread. And I'll be like. I would like some bread. I will. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I don't care. I'm yeah. fine with it. What? So what do you have a food that you think is is having an L.A. moment and is it's 15 minutes of fame is is going to be up? Yeah, I I actually think kombucha is oh, having really? a big moment right now. It but is. I, I don't think it's going to stay as popular as it is right now. I really like yeah. it. I really I enjoy kombucha, but I feel like it's become so popular yeah. And like everyone drinks it now yeah. that I don't really see that being sustainable. And I think that's mostly because of the price. Yeah, it is. It really is a pretty expensive. expensive beverage. It is kind of a luxury health item. But I mm-hmm. I'm so used to kombucha just being like prevalent in the background of my life mm-hmm. because it's been a big thing in Portland for a really long yeah. time. Like I've I think been it's been it big in Portland longer than it has been here. Yeah. And people making their own kombucha, which is terrifying mm-hmm. to me like <laughs> I'm a little alien so in your fridge <laughs> well it's just, i'm worried about the like pressurizing and the uh mm-hmm. the fermenting part scares yeah. me and, and like people making their own beer like i'm like how are you not on edge all the time yeah but um 
Yeah, no, kombucha, I, yeah, co-ops in Portland, you could just take a jar and, like, open a tap and just get kombucha, like, from mm-hmm. there, and that was totally normal. But you were you were a kombucha girl for a while and yeah. hooked me up a couple times, which I was I very thankful for. And now yeah. that's my favorite kombucha brand, actually. You were, yeah. it worked. You earned a loyal customer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I got into it, too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have a feeling that it's not going to be as popular um, that much longer because a complaint I've also been hearing people say about kombucha is that people worry about the sugar content, even oh, though you can't yeah. get kombucha without the sugar because like the, sugar, the sugar is what feeds the SCOBY. It's what causes the fermentation. Exactly. But I'd have so many times where – I'd be doing a kombucha tasting or something like that. And people would be like, but do you have a low sugar version? Oh, my God. Or something. And I'd no. be like, you, mean um, tea? you can have tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I yeah, I that's... feel like sugar is getting a little bit of a bad rap in yeah. L.A. right now, too. So that that would be one of the reasons why I feel like kombucha probably would be less popular. I feel like cold-pressed juice mm-hmm. might not stay as popular I don't think so either. either. Yeah, I think that um, kombucha, at least, it it is good for your gut flora. Like, that's why mm-hmm. I started drinking it. Like, a, lo- a nutritionist a long time ago recommended that I start drinking it. Mm-hmm. And I really love vinegary stuff, so I've always loved the taste of kombucha, but my husband mm-hmm. cannot stand it. Yeah, not everybody but, likes a vinegar taste. No, no. I think it's great. I love it. Bring mm-hmm. it on. But yeah, cold-pressed juice, It's it's super expensive, and it's... You don't get any of the natural fibers that you would get. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems... I don't... I, I know it tastes delicious, but I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. And you know? and green juice, I feel like for many people, is an acquired taste. When you have a true green juice that doesn't yeah. have, like, a lot of fruit in it. Real bitter. Yeah. It can be bitter. It can look like swamp water. <laughs> like, I, I feel like a lot of people, when they drink that kind of juice, they... They Some people honestly like it. Don't get me wrong. Some people mm-hmm. honestly like it. They like the way it makes them feel. I feel like some people, I get the impression, drink it because they want to look like they're trying to be really, really healthy and like they oh, want to look trendy. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. care enough about what people think of me to, no. <laughs> to jump on no. that bandwagon. There's there's definitely a culture of in LA of you know, people wanting to be healthier, which is a wonderful thing. But I right. feel like some people do it because they feel like everyone else is doing it. Right. It has to be for the right the right reasons. Like mm-hmm. food is super personal and it can be really controversial and really sensitive to a lot of people. I've mm-hmm. had a very bizarre relationship with food my whole life uh, relating to my health. Mm-hmm. So it's it is hard to... Um, to want to make healthy choices, basically, you should be doing it for yourself and not mm-hmm. for anyone else. Like, you should be yeah. making your own choices based on what kind of food you consume. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not like if you want to do a full juice cleanse, you know, cool. But I would do it with the advice of a doctor and, yeah. you know, the and make sure this is something that you should be doing, um, not because one of the Kardashians is doing it. You yeah. Know? It's just. I get frustrated with that when body image is linked to all these different things and like products get shilled like flat tummy tea where it's just like it's just a diuretic. It's just 
it, yeah, you're expelling water, but this is mm-hmm. not healthy for you. You need to actually yeah. absorb nutrients. Yeah, and there have been moments in LA where those kinds of items have become popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's trying to lose weight to fit the next thing, whether it's like for their next date or for their next audition or whatever it is. And because of the warm weather, you know, people might feel pressure to wear a bathing suit or wear more revealing clothing, things like that. And so, of course, that can add to the pressure of of wanting to, you know, make yourself smaller, all those kinds of things. So, yeah. But I say do what makes you happy, do what makes mm-hmm. you healthy, and, mm-hmm. you know, talk to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So um, I worked in a couple of corporate jobs before I was pursuing entertainment more full time. Mm-hmm. And I noticed there was a big, big culture <laughs> At the places where I worked of everybody like wanting to get fit or go on diets or do cleanses, <laughs> things like that together. Mm-hmm. And it was just like kind of the group activity that everyone did. Yeah. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure for that. And I know that that's becoming popular in other parts of the country, but I s- noticed it at pretty much every workplace I worked in in Los Angeles. And I... My husband had the exact same experience when he when we first got here and he got his first office job at like the keto diet had become a brand new thing that people were doing. Mm -hmm. And I remember at least I feel like 75 percent of his office like immediately went on it, like almost no Mm -hmm. questions like and a lot of people did uh, lose a bunch of weight and keep it off. And they just, you know, stuck to their healthier choices. And if you don't know the keto diet, it's. Basically, another like high protein uh, diet, uh, no carbs, but also a high fat diet, but like good fats. Mm-hmm. So like avocado and like grass fed butter and ghee and, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So just another version of the Atkins diet our moms <laughs> were all on in the 90s. Um, it gets relabeled every once in a while. It really does. What was the? There was another one that was like the caveman diet, but I can't remember what it's oh, called. Oh, um, paleo. Paleo. Yeah, it's where you eat like a caveman. <laughs> I had one actor friend in Portland on that, and she was so hardcore, and she would like beat herself up if she ever mm-hmm. had rice with a meal. And I was like, this is not. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. But yeah, you said in your office culture, you experienced that too. Yeah, and one of the offices I worked in. It was almost all women. We had three men and like 12 women. (laughs) And these women, they were wonderful and they were – they were all very fit. They all went to the gym all the time. But their idea of team bonding was for all of us to go on juice cleanses together. (laughs) And so like one one woman would like buy all the juice for everyone from Press Juicery and we'd spend like several – terrible days of all of us starving together (laughs) oh wow uh it was just it was funny i think i told you about how there was one day where we were doing the juice cleanse and like all day i was drinking the pond water (laughs) green juices (laughs) and then after i left i ate a slice of costco pizza (laughs) like the terrible monster i am that that's ridiculous you're not a monster you are a human person who cannot sustain on swamp water alone like you can't it's i i i have a 
uh, this is where the mom friend comes in. I always feel uh, defensive of when people call foods bad or good because you can't assign like morality <laughs> to food and you're not a bad person for wanting to have pizza because your stomach is growling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that must have been really hard with all of that pressure and wanting to like probably bond with your <laughs> your fellow yeah. coworkers. Yeah, and that that's just a thing that happens sometimes and it's also prevalent in the entertainment industry, oh, especially so amongst um female actors. There's a an expectation in some productions, not all, and I, I have to once again say not all. This is not a generalization about all of the entertainment industry. Many people have very, very good expectations. But in productions I've worked on before, actors, female actors who have had nude scenes mm. have been pretty pressured to go on cleanses. Oh. And one of my most distinct memories I've ever had was when one show that I was a casting director on, we had um, a woman in our cast who was um, playing a character that had to be nude quite a bit, and the girl mm -hmm. was on a juice cleanse pretty much the entire project. That's horrible. Yeah. That's not... And there's, there's just a lot of pressure about that amongst a lot yeah. of people in entertainment because you know there's the big stereotype the camera adds 10 pounds and all of that yeah. so a lot of a lot of people that are in a certain type a certain physical type or people who are expected to be nude on camera sometimes can feel a lot of pressure in that area yeah that's definitely something that i've experienced and i'm not mm -hmm. like i when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was probably a size, I don't know, size 12, 10, 12. Mm -hmm. And I'm 5'9". And I remember going up to like wardrobe trucks and them being like, well, I guess I can put you in a poncho. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I am not. I am an average American woman just living my life. Even if you're not in the entertainment industry, just as women, there's so mm -hmm. much pressure on us to have to fit a certain ideal while also like most people with you know anatomy to grow a human are expected to bounce back because this celebrity did or this person mm -hmm. did and it's just i think it's really despicable i'm against it I'm not mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not okay with it and even in the entertainment industry it's just like why can't people just be people <laughs> like that's what people want to see on screen like yeah of course they want to see beautiful people too but like you mm -hmm. need actors from every single walk of life i will i will give the entertainment industry credit though they're getting a lot better in that area they are things are finally opening up more but that's not that's not because the entertainment industry changed. It's because the people and the people's voice has changed, I believe. It's encouraging and I am very hopeful and I think we're very lucky to be on our way in an industry um, where there's such a positive change like that happening. Mm -hmm. But also, like we like we said a little earlier, it's kind of tricky because I feel like in Los Angeles, you're bombarded with such contradictory messages. You're bombarded with, 
oh, you should be eating healthier. The really popular restaurant mm-hmm. is sweet green or it's these really popular organic or vegan restaurants and everyone's eating salad and having cold pressed juices. Right. But on the other side, there's this fancy artisan ice cream and right. this this candy shop just opened and this mm-hmm. place is selling franken shakes that have yeah. <laughs> a slice of cheesecake sticking out of it and you just get such such a weird juxtaposition yeah. that you're like well how, how do am you i choose? supposed to eat then yeah how how do i live in this city and feel like i'm still experiencing everything it has to offer without having a foot in each camp just a little bit yeah but like Speaking of of ice cream, I am oh I love ice cream. I am an ice cream aficionado, you could say. Not really, but I do love me. I do love me some ice cream, which is yeah. tragic being lactose intolerant. But which which places do you really like for ice cream? So in LA? um in LA specifically, my number one favorite ice cream place is McConnell's. Um uh-huh. and they uh, the location I go to is in Studio City. Um, I mm-hmm. think they they started in Santa Barbara, and I believe they have another location farther south, maybe Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have just really good, clean tasting, awesome ice cream, and their flavors are really fun and different without being mm-hmm. a little bit too uh, out there. So mm-hmm. my favorite ice cream that they made, I don't think they make it anymore. I've asked them every time I've gone in. They're like, I think we're done with that. But they used to make an Earl Grey tea ice cream mm. with like English biscuits broken into it. Oh, that sounds <sighs> delightful. So good. So comforting and delicious and mm-hmm. uh, amazing in a waffle cone. It was decadent. And oh, then uh, yeah. as soon as they opened up during uh, the pandemic to curbside pickup for some pints uh mm-hmm. my husband and i went down there with a cooler <laughs> and we're like fill her up but we you fill could order <laughs> we ordered online and we got um their their seasonal one that i've had uh in the summers past is uh honey and cornbread and it's mm. so good and then he really likes their turkish coffee and they have oh. a a Dutchman's chocolate, and then what was the other one? Oh, like an almond uh, coconut, which is I feel like kind of a staple at a lot of fancy ice cream yeah. places. Um, where where are they price wise? So they're they're kind of in the middle. If if I would mm-hmm. give them like two dollar signs, like they're going to be more uh-huh. expensive than Baskin and Robbins, but uh-huh. you know they're not. You're not going to break the bank. Mm-hmm. Comparable to Ben and Jerry's, but it's like a local ice cream place, and it's yeah. fresher. It's delicious. Salt and Straw mm-hmm. is another one I'd recommend, and they they are a, a homegrown, for me, uh, ice cream place. They started in Portland, and mm-hmm. they have more of the artisan, like, really out there flavors. Like, one of their most yeah. popular flavors is uh, balsamic vinegar with black pepper uh, strawberry. Like, that's... Yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, and it's pretty good, but I'm not really, like, a fruity flavor ice cream person. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the more interesting, like, chocolatey or, like, an Earl Grey or, like, honey mm-hmm. cornbread is so good and unexpected. Yeah. Um, they've also had... Um, when I was still living in Portland, they, uh, <laughs> they teamed up with a, a sandwich place that had um, a sandwich that was kind of like a Kahlua pork with a pineapple. And so uh, I went to go taste that. And before they let me taste it, they were like, oh, I have to warn you, there is meat in this ice cream. And I was like, I'm (laughs) sorry, what? (laughs) And they basically 
like you would caramelize, like like you put ribbons of caramel in uh, like ice cream. They mm-hmm. did like they kind of uh, reduced pork fat and like crystallized it and did ribbons of pork fat in ice cream. And it was a pineapple ice cream. And it was amazing. It had like that salty sweet. I like, can't even imagine this. Right. It's so weird. It's really weird to describe it, but it was delicious. Uh-huh. So salt and straw does those kind of far out things. They also have just a really good, you know, basic vanilla. They always mm-hmm. have lines down the road whenever I see mm-hmm. them. Um, but they're a little taste of home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I mean, I've tried the Instagram ice creams too. Like one of the mm-hmm. big ones that was super popular for a while was the black ice cream. Which oh, is really, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's really just black soft serve. But I, I did mm-hmm. it on, so I did it on the day that I got my first tattoo because we just happened mm-hmm. to be near it. And I was like, I'm going to be real hard. I'm going to tattoo oh, and then I'm going to get some <laughs> black ice cream because your tattoo is of flowers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's literally flowers and a ladybug. But this, this is how I go oh, hard, ladies and gentlemen. This is... This is <laughs> Kelsey Ryder really on the edge. But no, it was fun. And it was and it was fine. They changed the flavors of the black ice cream because mm-hmm. they just put like charcoal in it to give it color. Um, mm-hmm. And then they even had a photo booth like on site. So you could like take pictures with your ice cream as it's melting. And You're like, my ice cream's as dark as my soul. <laughs> yes. And, it, and they even had like a neon sign that said cute but psycho, <laughs> which was <laughs> just like... It was very, it was, it was really, it was a fun experience. I do recommend doing those kind of experience things in LA. Cause Mm -hmm. even if it's silly and you just get pictures out of it, it's a really fun memory. Like I forgot the fact that when I went and got that was when I got my first tattoo on the same day. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, "Um, this is who I am now. I get tattoos and I have black (laughs) ice cream. I have black ice cream. (laughs) I pose with neon signs. I'm a cool LA. (laughs) <laughs> LA's changed me, mom. <laughs> Do you have a favorite ice cream place? I don't know if you're as much of an ice cream, you know, I, lover as I me. like ice cream, but I don't really go out for ice cream ever. No? I I liked going out for frozen yogurt when, I, when it was trendy. It's kind of lost <laughs> its moment. <laughs> it has. Well, it's, I mean, you watched The Good Place, right? I saw the first season. Yeah. They yeah, had yeah. frozen yogurt a lot on that. <laughs> yeah. Frozen yogurt. I mean, it's just kind of like, what's something that we can make a little less good so we can have a lot of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> frozen yogurt. It's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but I'm not. I, I feel yeah. like ice cream is really overpriced. Oh, really? That's one thing that irritates me is I feel like at so many ice cream shops, like what you're giving, what they're giving you in your cup is like it costs more than if you bought the ice cream at a grocery store. Yeah, but that's the thing though is you're not going to get this good of ice cream at the grocery store. Like you're getting some like McConnell's, mm-hmm. they have their own cows and they have the whole story of like where their milk comes from. So it's kind oh, of like an can in-house you, like, thing. Go back there and like choose the cow and be like <laughs> I want that one. I want that <laughs> one's ice cream. Its spots speak to me. (laughs) Yeah, I felt a real Uh, kinship with this cow. I wish to drink from its udders. In Oregon, there is um, the Tillamook Company, and they're most famous for their Mm -hmm. cheese, but they also make ice cream and other dairy products and yogurt and things. I've had their ice cream before. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I will only get their cheese because that's just Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. 
Um, but you can go to the Tillamook factory and there's a whole experience and you can see them packing up the cheese <laughs> and you can try every single type of cheese they have and they have yeah. every type of ice cream available and it's it's fun. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I just come from like a, a dairy existence, you know, like it's maybe deep in the roots of the Northwest, you know. Yeah. Um, but well, and with ice cream, too, that's not anything I'm ever going to make myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's so that's much true. effort. And it's mm-hmm. so expensive to make it that yeah. it just it is a splurge for sure. I don't need ice cream. Nobody mm-hmm. needs ice cream. But I also am really obsessed with waffles and waffle mm-hmm. cones. Like Leslie oh, Nope. <laughs> I am I am Leslie Nope. I really am. I even worked my first job was for Parks and Recreation. I worked for them for mm-hmm. five years. <laughs> so I went real hard in that. In fact, I started watching the show because I was like, oh, I wonder if this will be like my job. <laughs> but um anyway. So yeah, ice cream. I'm your girl for ice cream, but I feel like um I'm I'm probably not the person to ask for necessarily like uh mexican food recommendations like i have my favorites which are like poquito mas and sharkies i think the one- gringo places <laughs> for sure uh one thing that we don't have back in the pacific northwest is mm-hmm. salsa bars salsa bars oh, aren't yeah. a thing so huh. that was really exciting and fun for Leo, mm-hmm. most specifically because I can't eat. I, I'm I'm a Verde girl through and through. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I can handle. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no salsa bars are um, a brand new thing to me. So we were really excited when we saw Paquito mm-hmm. Moss had one. And yeah. oh yeah, I I actually really love uh, Paquito Moss over in Burbank. Yeah. It's like I said, it's probably not the most authentic Mexican food you'll ever no, have, but it's not. delicious. It's really it's good. It's really good. I love it when I get to eat food from there. They make their own tortillas too, which is great. I like yeah. to watch them make them. Uh yeah, they have uh I think I think the original location is in Studio City. It's mm-hmm. super, super tiny. Um yeah. but it's it's really it's really fun because they have like and you know what's funny? This is the first place I ever saw this. Um, they have a little sign outside of it saying, no photography is allowed in or in the outside of our restaurants to protect the identity of our customers, protect the privacy and identity oh. of our customers. So it's like when famous people go oh. to Paquito Moss, you're not allowed to take pictures. They will kick you out. I did not know that. That's really cool. I saw that. I was like, oh, wow, I'm in L.A. now <laughs> when there's now, like a sign. Now I'm a real Angelino. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. But, um, but what what would be your favorite Mexican restaurant that you've been to? So I I don't go to Mexican restaurants all that often. I'm mm. more of a taco truck, taco cart kind of girl mm. because I I personally feel like those are more worth the money. Yeah, because they're they're usually going to be cheaper than the brick and mortar type of places, and the yeah. taco trucks and taco carts are really prominent more on the side of the hill where I am, yeah, than they are in the valley. But there's tons of them in Hollywood, downtown, over by USC, um, and a lot of them are really good. You see them cook right there in front of you. They give you a lot of food for very little money. Usually the the less fancy a truck looks, the better the food is probably going to be. <laughs> That's how it is a lot of the time. But I just feel like a lot of the time they're really, really good value for the money. But I would always warn uh, the tourists who came on my tours, if you're not used to eating spicy food, just uh, watch out. Because yeah. if you if you want to have the good stuff, it's going to be spicy, in my opinion. Yeah, 
that happened to me when we first moved here. Yeah. <laughs> Went to a taco house. Um, I don't know. I don't, it wasn't literally called Taco House. I don't remember what it was called, but it was in Echo Park when I was with a friend who was like, let's do all the fun L.A. things. I heard this place is great. And I said, yeah, I want my tacos to not be very spicy. They're like, oh, they're not that spicy. This is our most mild mm-hmm. sauce. And I took a bite and I was like, I couldn't eat anymore. Like I almost threw up. It was so spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I cannot handle my spice. But not not everyone's grown up with eating spicy. Yeah. I've, I've grown up eating spicy foods. Not everyone's used to it. Exactly. I I like it a lot. There's uh, a lot of really good family-owned Mexican restaurants all over Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people say that some of the best ones are going to be in East Los Angeles or closer to downtown. But if you get on Yelp, you can find really good Mexican restaurants pretty much anywhere in L.A. I... I recommend going to the little family-owned ones, not the ones that are corporate, not the ones that are chains, because mm-hmm. there are very few chains that are truly authentic Mexican food. That's true. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That's probably, I mean, that is better advice. I know that um, Casa Vega is kind of a famous uh, Mexican restaurant in the Valley um, that mm-hmm. is still family owned, like the original mm-hmm. family that started it is still owned by them. And that one's a really fun one to go to if you want to have an experience of kind of old Hollywood yeah. feel. Like there's no windows, so it's dark in there. So from the mm-hmm. outside, it looks kind of weird. Like that's one thing I had to get used to, too, is that there's a lot of like older restaurants from like the 30s and the 40s -hmm. that have no windows because all the celebrities were trying to like hide and they have Mm -hmm. the plush uh red you know tufted booths and they have Mm -hmm. like at casa vega all of their servers wear like tails and they wear like almost (laughs) like a tuxedo like to serve you and they have a you know, and it, the bar is really fancy and it's just it's featured in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too, mm-hmm. which I remember one of the times I went there, there was all these little ads being like, order, order the Tarantino margarita. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? And then my friend and I had to figure out, oh, this is where they filmed a scene. OK, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But that's kind of a fun old Hollywood experience. Um, mm-hmm. And I think their their Mexican food is pretty good. It's I wouldn't say it's the best, but again, my gringo taste buds don't really hold any weight here. <laughs> Usually when there are people that are brand, brand new to L.A. that want to have some Mexican food or get a little taste of the Mexican culture in L.A., mm-hmm. where I'll usually send them is to Olvera Street downtown, which is the okay. oldest street in Los Angeles. Oh. And it's it's a little bit touristy. It's a little bit kitschy, but they have some some good Mexican restaurants over there. And it's just How do you a- spell that street name? Um, over okay. Olvera Street, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's spelled O-L-V-E-R-A. Okay. I don't Olvera think Street. I know that one. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's definitely become a little touristy, but it's just mm-hmm. neat because it's, it's the oldest street in Los Angeles. They try to keep up the Mexican feel. There will be different Mexican events there pretty frequently. It's That's it's fun. fun to go to. It's yeah. it's just a it's another touristy thing, but I feel like everyone's got to go there at some point. It's right yeah. by Union Station downtown. Okay, yeah, no, I've totally driven through that area. I just didn't recognize mm-hmm. that street name for some reason. I've even taken the train from the downtown station before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's cool. That's a good, good recommendation. 
But yeah. even like Korean Mexican fusion food, that's so like that starting here. Well, you tell me about it because you're the one that knows more about it than I do. Yeah. So um, Korean Mexican fusion food, perhaps the best known uh, Korean Mexican fusion in L.A. actually came out of the street food scene, out of the yeah. food truck scene. It's it's called the Kogi truck. It's mm-hmm. um, it's been all over L.A. for quite a while, but they actually have um, brick and mortar locations, too. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they'll make Mexican-inspired food like burritos, tacos, all that. But mm-hmm. they'll use Korean barbecue and kimchi and other Korean-inspired ingredients like that in the burritos and tacos and all that. That's and so it's awesome. been very trendy for very long. Yeah. And there are like there are other copycats of it trying to do the mm-hmm. same thing, but the Kogi truck is the main thing. With I remember Korean Mexican fusion. I remember when it came up to Portland, like when that trend made it up, and it mm-hmm. also was a food truck. And I can't remember the name of the people that were doing it there. And I just thought, how in the world is this gonna be a harmonious like palette? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's it's good. Like it's not something that I would necessarily choose all the time, but I absolutely see the appeal. Mm-hmm. And we we have such a large Korean population here. Yeah. Like Los Angeles, if I remember correctly. Um, is the area in the world that has the largest population of Koreans outside of Korea. Wow. And our Koreatown is is bustling and vibrant and has tons of restaurants. And a lot of people don't realize this also. Koreatown is no longer entirely Korean. Yeah. There are a lot of people from other cultures there as well. So you can find a lot of Mexican food in Koreatown, mm-hmm. a lot of Chinese food, Japanese food. Um, but if you if you want to go on a, a food tour of L.A., Koreatown yeah. definitely has to be on the list. Yeah, some of the best Korean barbecue I've ever had was in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. And Korean barbecue was a whole new experience for me. There's nothing uh-huh. like this in the Northwest, at least that I knew about or that I experienced, where you sit down at a table and in the middle of your table is a grill and they bring you the raw meat and you cook your own food. Mm-hmm. And that's such a unique experience. Uh, I mean, I just said experience, but it's such a unique, <laughs> like, experience to have in LA. I feel like that is kind of a, a quintessential thing to mm-hmm. to um to have here. Like, to just did you go to able- one that was all you can eat? Ah, uh, there are quite a few that are all you can eat. I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, we did. I've there's mm-hmm. actually some really good ones in Orange County as well. There's a favorite mm-hmm. one that our our good friends in Orange County like to go to. So that mm-hmm. was the first one I ever been to. By going to Koreatown itself and having the the best kind there, we actually had like an insider who was like, okay, so if this place is too busy, we're gonna go to this other one because they're just mm-hmm. as good. And like, <laughs> so we were we were trying to hit up all of these different restaurants that this food critic was recommending, and so we went mm-hmm. to that one, and it was. It was super fun and it was really good. And one of actually that one they did cook the food for us, but the girl was still mm-hmm. in the middle of the table. Yeah. So yeah, that it's really fun. fun. It was super fun and delicious. And mm-hmm. yeah, Koreatown. I how I've known it is a um, an affordable place to move to in L.A. when you're first starting out because there's mm-hmm. so much housing. It's, it's so getting to be more expensive built up. though. I did just look the other day and I noticed I was like, whoa, that is not a Koreatown yeah. price from four <laughs> years ago. But yeah, yeah that that it, like when we first moved here in uh, in 2016, that was like one of the places we were looking at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
I didn't know that that statistic though, as far as like that it's the most populated, the biggest population of Koreans outside of Korea. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a it's a huge huge population, and you know LA is such a huge melting pot. We have we have people from Japan all over the mm-hmm. city, best known for being in Japantown downtown. We have huge numbers of uh, people from Thailand who are in the mm-hmm. Thai town area, kind of by East Absolutely. Hollywood. You know, we we have people from everywhere. We have little Ethiopia. Right. There's just so many different places where you can try. Armenia. <laughs> yeah, a little Armenia. There's just yeah. so many different neighborhoods where you can try um, food, authentic foods from so many different places. So for a lot of that, I just encourage, you know, hopping on Postmates or Yelp and just seeing what people recommend. Absolutely. Oh, you know something also that I found yeah. out about. Uh, that's becoming big on Postmates. There are a lot of restaurants now that actually don't have locations. Oh, really? Oh, it's a huge thing in LA right now. Restaurants oh. that have a kitchen and they entirely just do delivery. Yeah. It's a huge thing right now. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. There's Okay, so there's a pizza place that Leo and I uh, were trying out and we looked and they had an address but mm-hmm. we we walked by there and I was like, wait, that's that's not a pizza place. That's a different mm-hmm. restaurant. So I think the same kitchen has just like taken a name and then they're only doing delivery because there was uh-huh. no other way to. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's a huge thing right now. Um, I read an article about it recently. And there's also a lot of restaurants that are now doing what's called satellite kitchens oh. where they have their restaurant location. And then they have a separate kitchen at another address that does just delivery. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just they just have to adapt, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, some places are still doing this, but a lot of um, at the very beginning when people couldn't get groceries and all these restaurants had extra food because they couldn't be open, like you could mm-hmm. get groceries delivered from restaurants. Like, yeah, I there were that. a lot of <laughs> there were a lot of places that were like, OK, so a taco meal includes like two tacos, a drink and a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. To- toilet paper was was gold for, for quite a bit oh, of time. Man. It was. Remember that? Remember when that was the big, the big story? <laughs> Remember when, uh, when getting toilet paper and watching Tiger King were like the big things everyone <laughs> was talking King. about? <laughs> Remember oh Tiger King? <laughs> I forgot about Tiger King. How could I everyone forget about Everyone forgot Tiger about Tiger King. Of it course. was like all anyone was talking about for a while. I and- know. <laughs> My goodness. <sighs> but if you're, if you're looking for food and you're like, I want to go somewhere fancy uh one place i've personally been to i know i'm making a lot of um uh san fernando valley recommendations but guys oh it's it's, it's, it's where i live <laughs> it's where, it's I where live. you live it's where lots of people live it's what i know no shame no yeah, shame in um, recommending stuff in the valley no <laughs> in the valley so one place i would recommend for you oh, to go dear. i'm not gonna do it the whole time i promise <laughs> um Last year, uh, my husband, for our anniversary, uh, made a reservation at a restaurant called Firefly. And Firefly mm-hmm. is off Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. But you can't see it. Like, it's the door. It Like, there's all these this greenery that's covering up the entire outside of it. And oh. all you can see is just, like, a, a pretty wooden arch door. Like, you're going to go into, like, a secret, like, underground, like 
Merlin's Hobbit whole play. Oh. Okay, so I'm not making a good description <laughs> of this because I know Gandalf is who's in the Hobbit. Please don't give me hate. <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings. Anyway, but it's just like it's very mystical and magical mm-hmm. feeling. And then you step inside and like the the bar um, and the entrance room is built like an old library. Like they have all ah. these classic books on the wall. The lighting's low. People are drinking scotch. Mm-hmm. And then when you are moved into the restaurant, the restaurant's half outside and you don't know how it works. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it's gorgeous. There's all these trees because it's right up against the hills and there's uh-huh. all these trees and like this lattice and all these beautiful lights. And there's um, but then there's also like a DJ playing um like remixes of old school 90s hits like really loudly but it's like a romantic low-lit restaurant and every seating like there's seating that's up higher (laughs) above that's more private that's like kind of tented and after we sat down like a few minutes later i realized cedric the entertainer was sitting behind us in one of Mm -hmm. those (laughs) so i took a picture of leo like holding up his glass with cedric and his like big you know, like recognizable hat just eating in the background. And I was like, what is our life? This is so weird. But it was Mm -hmm. very spendy. But every piece of food was incredible. They brought Mm -hmm. us complimentary rosé for our anniversary. And the the, um, server who was helping us, she was like super sweet and like, like basically went down the entire list and spent as much time as we needed with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that did throw me off is that the restrooms were gender neutral and not mm-hmm. marked. So you just kind of had to find a door in like kind yeah. of the darkened restaurant. And I went in there and I was like, oh, there's like a man in here and I'm going to, okay, all right, this is <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's definitely, it felt very la the entire oh that definitely sounds very la elite kind of restaurant it was it was yeah i mean like yeah you know it's not like i was eating next to i don't know like kanye west or something but not (laughs) that he's necessarily someone i'd want to i love that he's the first person you thought of (laughs) i know i just well i I was gonna say kardashian again and i felt like that was a cop-out he's technically a kardashian he is technically a kardashian yeah. I mean, his kids are. Um, so anyway, he's he's causing all sorts of problems, Mr. <laughs> West. But the point being, it it definitely was fancy. I think it was like a four dollar sign kind of. Oh, four dollar uh, signs, right? But that, yeah, we hadn't done anything. Um, we we were finally at a place in our lives where it's like, okay, so if this is the only like big dinner thing we do this month, we can totally mm-hmm. do this for our anniversary. And That's nice. Yeah, it was really fun, but I know that there's not, um, Natalia and I can't really afford to eat at fancy restaurants <laughs> that yeah, often. so if you wanted, like, a big foodies recommendation of LA, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. What was, where was the place that you went to a party that was, like, a Japanese restaurant up on the hill? What was that? Yeah, um... I went to a series rap party for a very popular television show that my boyfriend worked on. I'm not yeah. going to name the name of it, <laughs> but yeah. I-, I promise you it's a very popular television show. It is, um, confirmed. Yes. And uh, it was their series rap party. They had just finished shooting the series, and they held the rap party at a restaurant called Yamashiro which mm-hmm. is a Japanese-inspired restaurant that's in the Hollywood Hills, 
has a view of Hollywood Boulevard and a lot wow. of uh, the whole Hollywood area surrounded by these beautiful grounds, this gorgeous Japanese-inspired architecture, beautiful courtyard in the middle. I barely tried any of the food, just so really? you know. I, I had like three little pieces of sushi because there, there was some confusion about how long the food was going to be out and the food oh. was taken away before we had gotten any. Oh, no. <laughs> so I can't really say a lot about the food there. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you the grounds were beautiful and the well, that's cool. The sushi I did try was good. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, one fun place I would say to go to as well Um. If you're looking for more of a kind of a fine dining, fun experience, if you head out to Malibu and Mm -hmm. go to the Sunset Restaurant on Zuma Beach. So it's not Ah. like on uh, the the PCH or Pacific Coast Highway. Um, Uh It's it's off kind of behind a hill. So you have to drive Mm. out of your way to get to it. But it's literally it's the it's the only thing that you're not going to spend like a bunch of money on and be able to watch literally the sunset over the ocean. It's really that nice. gorgeous. Yeah, I've gone there for my birthday. I've taken my mom there when she's been mm-hmm. in town. And it's, yeah, it's really relaxing. It's really nice. And mm-hmm. um, that's a fun place to go to. That's, it's, mm-hmm. it's your, it's out of your way of Los Angeles because it is technically Malibu. But yeah. if you are looking for an experience, a dining experience, like I can't yeah. say that I can remember any food I've had there that has been remarkably amazing, but the whole experience is really worth yeah. it. It's really Yeah, fun. there's more to it than just what you eat. Yeah. So if nothing else, you can speak to the experience of of this of this Japanese restaurant. The yeah. Yugashima, is that what it's called? Yamashiro. Yamashiro. Yes, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm paying attention, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I believe you. Um, I would say, though, that like if I'm going to recommend a place that I think is like a quintessential LA experience mm-hmm. I highly recommend Cantor's Deli I still I would there. always point it out on my tours it's so much fun and what's cool about it besides the long long menu that they have that has mm-hmm. like bakery items diner favorites Jewish deli traditional food like the mm-hmm. the rye bread the matzo ball soup all those things what's so cool about it is all of the history there and that you yeah. never know who's going to walk in. The restaurant is humongous. It's open uh-huh. 24 hours a day. And wow. mind you, I'm talking about visiting when it's not the pandemic. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and But what's really neat about it is for years, uh, performers and creatives of different types have gone there late at night. Oh. After shows or after gigs, things like that. Yeah. So you never know who you're going to see there. You could see totally. band members. You could see comedians after they're set at the Laugh Factory. You have no idea who you're going to see. And a lot of really, really legendary uh, meetings, times that mm-hmm. significant people in the arts have met for the first time, has been at Cantor's. I've heard that so too. It's just yeah. – it's a really neat place. It has It has such a – such a classic LA feel. I think the food's really good there too. Yeah. And people love to get their baked goods to take home. That's awesome. That's fun. I need to do and that. And it's been featured in a lot of movies. It is. Too. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. Actually, what what did I just watch? The, oh, we just watched The Disaster Artist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched it with yeah. you virtually. Yep. We were not together no, in person. No, we have not we have not hung out in person for months, months at this point. <laughs> yeah. Not, oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's been a long time since we've hung out. 
face to face, but once again, I have hope that we will do that hopefully within a year from now, back at a restaurant, maybe. I, what do you think? That's that's a long time, but you know, I I think that some of some of these LA favorite foods, uh, some of these restaurants and everything will still survive the pandemic and we'll still get oh, to yeah. have a lot of our favorite foods and yeah, probably a year from now or something, whenever it happens, <laughs> we can uh, reunite at one of these restaurants. But for now, there That's is great. delivery. There is delivery. Yep. So we want to thank you all for uh, for listening to this episode, learning a little bit more about LA foods and LA food trends with us. And um, we hope that it's inspired you to find something delicious to eat in the City of Angels. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder, the content of this podcast is based on our own opinions and personal experiences and may not reflect the opinions and experiences of all Angelinos. Music by Leo Jackson. Artwork by Trevor D. Richardson. Additional research by Natalia Raymond. And edited by me, Kelsey Ryder. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Angelinos in Training and on Twitter at Angelinos Pod. Want us to cover a specific topic about LA? Email us at angelinosintraining at gmail.com. <laughs>